Hey guys, it's Brittany. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast, where we have long form conversations and hear stories from people who are bringing truth, inspiration, and encouragement into the world. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Here we go. Hey guys, it's Brittany. Welcome to another episode of the All My Favorite People podcast. With me today, I have Pastor Tommy Colonin. Hey, Tommy, how are you? What's up? What's good? It's all good. Thank you. Well, I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm going to give everybody a little backstory, which I just kind of reminded Tommy because it's been since 2007, I think, since our paths crossed. Yes, but uh, in a former life, if you will, uh, I used to sing. And if you Google (laughs) Trinity, you might find something out there in the world of the internet. Um, but our paths crossed in that way because not only is Tommy a pastor, but he's also a recording artist. He goes by the name Urban D. You may have heard of him. Um, and if you haven't, you may have heard of Crossover Church in Tampa, which is where he's the pastor. So they've just been doing amazing things for how long has your church been in existence? Well, I've been here for 26 years now. Yeah, I'm it's officially a- an OG. Yes, you are. That's so amazing. And Um, If you guys are in the Tampa area, I'm sure you've heard of Crossover Church, Um, just really outside the box type of church. In my opinion, they kind of have set the stage for a lot of other churches to to think outside the box and reach people in their community and um, people that may not normally step foot inside of a church. So super excited to have you on today. And what we'll kind of do is I'll have you share a little bit about yourself and your family, and then we'll kind of jump in from there. All right. Awesome. Well, like she said, I'm Tommy Urban D. Colonin. She got it right. She got it right. It's spelled really crazy. And uh, so I'm originally from Philly. Uh, grew up as a pastor's kid, a PK, some church lingo for you. And uh, so I grew up around church and was following Jesus. But when I became a teenager, growing up in an urban environment, I, I just really began to kind of put one foot in the world and I had this one foot in the church because I had to go. I'm a pastor's kid, right? Uh, But yeah, I had my little rebellious season for a while. I was out there doing some things I really shouldn't have been doing, but thank God he kind of kept his hand on my life. I didn't get uh, too too far out there. But um, when I was 19, that's when I recommitted my life to Christ and felt a calling uh, to do urban ministry. And so switched to colleges I was at and I came to Florida to school. I was going to a school right outside of Philly and came to Southeastern in Lakeland, Florida, halfway between where we're both at from Orlando. Um, Went to Southeastern. I met my wife there. She's from New York City. I was from Philly. She was from New York. We met in Florida. And we we, we had this plan for God that we were going to move back up north when we got out of school. Like Florida's, you know, we like Florida's cool, but we don't want to live here. You know, Lakeland was um, a lot different than what Tampa and Orlando is. Yeah, it still back, is. <laughs> back in the 90s, especially. Yeah, definitely yeah. grown by leaps and bounds. But for sure. anyways, God didn't open up any doors. And he opened up this door at this little church that had just started in Tampa called Crossover. And they never had a youth ministry before. And so I was challenged by some leaders in the church. Hey, why don't you come and start a youth ministry here in the inner city from scratch? And so, you know, I was young and ambitious and crazy. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Like, we pay you a hundred dollars a month. And, uh, and then a business guy in the church said, I- I'll give you 500. I'm like, all right, 600 bucks a month. That's a part-time. I'll go wait tables. I'll cut hair. I'll hustle. That's what I do. That's what I've always done my whole life. Yeah. I-, I know I'm called to be here. And so I said, yes. And then uh, a church that I did my internship at, they actually pitched in the first year and, and supported me monthly a little as well. And so that kind of just, you know, it, it helped me. And then I started doing music. My pastor said to me, Hey, why don't you, uh, instead of you working at, at waiting tables a, a night or two a week, why don't you make an album? And so that album that's right back there in the corner, right there, it's actually a pink CD. Uh, that was my first album that I put out independently in 1996. Nice. And I had no idea you could even do indie type of music and so uh yeah put that out indie and um and then i did another one that's the next one in line right there it was called the answers in 1998 and then i ended up getting signed to a label 
the next one right there. I didn't even plan on this. It's cool. Uh, in 1999, the missing element came out nationally. It was with Seven Street Records. And so, you know, Paul in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, he uh, he made tents to do his ministry. Me, I rapped. And so that that's what fed my family and supported my family for me to be in ministry at the church. And um, the youth ministry, we started the two big things we used was music. Behind you, you see the wall of mm -hmm. all these different posters from all these different artists that have been at Crossover over the years. It's like the CHH Wall of Fame right there. Um, and we use sports. Uh, I was very much into basketball. And so those two things, sports and music, helped us to reach all these kids from the neighborhood that you know weren't even plugged into a church at all. They were all unchurched kids, like 100%. Mm. And so anyways, we had all these unchurched kids coming and they were coming to Jesus. And many of them were, were starting to bring their parents to church. And that was, um, that, that was just an incredible story to where the youth ministry was quickly bigger than the amount of adults coming to the church. Yeah. And, um, fast forward six years into it, uh, they pushed me into being the pastor. <laughs> there was like over 200 youth and young adults coming. And then on Sundays, there was uh, there was like 40, 40 adults that were coming. And so, um, yeah, so beginning of 02, 20 years ago, I stepped into that role and I said, all right, God, I'll do this till we find the next guy. I'll just step in as the interim guy. <laughs> a few months into it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I think we found him. Mm. I think I'm supposed to do this. Mm. And one of the biggest assets we had was we didn't have a whole lot of adults. We didn't have a lot of money or resources, but we had a lot of freedom to mm. reshape and recreate what church could look like um, in the city uh, to reach a multi-ethnic, you know, younger, unchurched and de-churched crowd. And so the church on Sundays quickly began to grow. And uh, soon we we're in this little 200 seat building. Soon we, within two years, we were out of space. And so we decided to start a second service. I didn't think that would work. And it did um, so much that a year after that, we had to start a third service and we were just maximizing this little space. We even had an overflow room out on the patios and people were watching it on screens and TVs. And, um, and then we we're just dreaming about a bigger space that God had for us. And, but God needed to grow us up, even though we were growing in size, we kind of hit the lid for a few years because we needed to just grow and uh, get some of the right people on the team and uh, at the end of 2010, we officially relocated and retrofitted a former retail box, which was uh, a Toys R Us store in the heart of the city. And so we've been here for a little over 11 years now in this space. And uh, it's been amazing. It's been an incredible journey. We've been able to touch the city in ways and love our city. I know we're going to talk about that in ways that we never would have been able to at our old location. And uh, we've seen thousands of people come to Jesus and we baptized uh uh, 1,629 people wow. in the last 11 years. So it's mm. been amazing. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to backtrack and ask you a question sure. about something you said at the very beginning, which was basically, you're kind of a bit of a prodigal child there for a bit. Yes. What do you attribute to you coming back around? Because I, and I'll, I'll yeah. throw this in there. I was as well, like grew up in church. Um, lost my way for a bit, if you will, actually became a single mom. And, and to what you, I think you said was like, I didn't get too far gone. And I, I agree yeah. for myself. I didn't get too far gone and God used that pregnancy to bring me right back to him. So, um, you know, all the glory goes to him on that, but I'm curious, I attribute a lot of it to my parents praying for me. Yeah. Um, and you having a PK, uh, being a PK, um, just curious what you kind of attribute that to. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say it was my my family praying for me and just a lot of those seeds that were planted, like the Bible says, you know, you train up a child when they're young, you know, um, they won't, they, they'll return back to it, even if they walk away. Right. Yeah. And so for me, that was really, I had a lot of word in me. I had a lot of, uh, you know, love and, and I've seen miracles. I knew God was real. There was without a doubt, but I was just kind of in this state of like, I know he's real, but I just want to go out and have fun, go out in the streets and do my thing, experience what the world has to offer. And so as I dipped my toe in that water, I, I quickly realized like, man, it's not all that it was cracked up to be mm -hmm. like. And so for a while I was like, well, there's got to be a better party. Well, there's got to be a couple better connections that I had. Well, there's got to be a better girl. There's got to be, okay, well, I got this gold chain. 
I want the thicker one. You know, I was into gold jewelry, like all, all that stuff. That was, you know, the 90s. We're wearing these big chains. And I'm like, okay, it was, you would get the thing you thought would like be it for you. You'd get it and it's cool, but then there's always something else. And soon I just began to realize, man, this is, you know, I'm chasing after all this stuff that is never going to satisfy me. Like all this stuff I heard in church about this, man, I didn't want to admit that they were right, but they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and so it was after a weekend of me, uh, I was in my first year of college. I was in Bible college, Bible college. And every weekend I was hanging out with my friends in the city that were not in Bible college. And we were going to the clubs and we were just doing all kinds of stuff I shouldn't have been doing as a Bible college tutor, right? Mm-hmm. And I came back uh, on a Monday morning and I was in chapel service because we had to go to chapel. And I, I didn't get home until like three in the morning. So I'm like tired. I'm just at a long weekend, just partying and hanging out with my friends and doing just stupid stuff. And the Holy Spirit really convicted me and was like, I'm looking around, I'm sitting down because I didn't have the energy to stand up. I didn't feel like standing up. I'm tired. And other people are standing up. People have their hands up. They're worshiping. It's like doing worship. And God really kind of convicted me. He was like, what are you doing here? Like, look at all these other people. Like, they, they, they're following the, the plan, the calling that I have on their life. Like, I'm trying to get your attention, but you just, what are you doing here? Like, either get with the program and, and see the amazing things I have for you, or just quit and go hang out with your friends and get a job in the city and miss out what I have. Mm-hmm. For and so, you know, I already knew like what I was doing with my friends. It was going nowhere. They were, they, no one had goals. It was, it was just, you know. Yeah. So at that moment I was like, okay, God, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to get serious with you. And, and I want to really seek you and figure out what you have for me. That's why I went to Bible college at first. Year. I felt God wanted me to, even though I didn't really want to. Mm. So I just go, give me a year of Bible college and, and I'm going to show you what's next. And so, uh, yeah, during that time, then after I made that commitment, there was two people that uh, approached me for me to help them. And so you guys that might be watching this today, you know, you might say, well, how do I figure out what God wants me to do in life? Uh, for me, and I'd encourage you with this, I'd ask you, where are you serving at? Because sometimes it's through your serving and thinking about others that God begins to reveal what he has for you. And mm-hmm. so I started to serve and my friend tapped me on the shoulder and asked me to serve in his youth ministry. He was a senior. I was just a freshman. He was a senior and he lived in the hallway where I lived at. We were friends. We would talk. He was a lot of, he was a lot of fun. He was a practical joker. Um, he's a good friend of mine today. He comes to my church. He lives here in Tampa. And so he became a youth pastor and he was about to go do that full time when he finished school, but he already had started. And so I was like, man, I need you to come be a youth leader with me. And uh, there's all these kids from the city and I need you to, to help relate to some of them. So I'm like, okay, I'll come help you out, bro. You're my boy. We've got a lot of fun together pranking people in the dorm. <laughs> I got you, bro. And so I started going every Wednesday night and connecting with these kids. And we did some activities. And I was like, wow, man, this is amazing. I'm impacting these kids' lives. And I'm still trying to get my life together, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then some girls at the school were starting this homeless ministry in the subways in downtown Philly. And they weren't from the city. So they approached me. And they're like, oh, yeah, we need you to come. We need some people that are from the city that have some street smarts. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I got you girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I felt needed, you know? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I started to go down to the subways uh, every Tuesday night and uh, we give out blankets and sandwiches to these, to these homeless guys. And most of them, this was early nineties, the crack epidemic was hitting all the inner cities in the country. And uh, most of these guys were young urban guys. I was 19 at the time. And a lot of them were my age and up into like their early to mid twenties. So they were all like urban dudes dressed hip hop. You know, I could very much relate to them. And a lot of the other people coming from my school, they're from the suburbs of the country, you know, and they just really couldn't connect as much. And so a lot of these guys were drawn to me and I really just started to, you know, minister to these guys. And it was a, uh, it was the first time I ever prayed for somebody publicly with a group of people around me. And I didn't even want to. You know, like, hey, can you pray for us? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, hey, George, can you come over? We want to pray for these guys. Can you lead us, bro? <laughs> and the guys in the circle are like, nah, Tommy, we want you to pray for us. I'm like, me? Well, you know, I'm, I'm George prays better than me. Like, George, why don't you? No, no, Tommy, we want you. <laughs> and so I was like, here I was a PK, and I had never, like, publicly prayed for anybody before. Mm. I just was never asked or put on the spot to do that. 
And um, so I started doing ministry as I was still like healing and getting my life together. And there was some things I was working on. God was using me. So I just say to anybody out there watching right now, you might feel like, oh man, I'm too broken right now for God to use me. But man, God uses broken people too. Like he might not use you and do all the things you're eventually going to do. But even right now where you're at, he can use you in, in ways that could impact other people's lives. And as you do that, you can begin to see what God has next for you and mm -hmm. you can reveal some things. And so that's, that's a little bit of my story of how, you know, I kind of turned around and the prodigal came back home. Yes. I love that. It sounds to me like God, you know, just like all of us, he uses that unique piece of our story that were those pieces that only fit together and only make sense because he put those maybe two or three things together that make it work. Yeah. Um, I love that. Well, I think that leads us a little bit into frames, which is your new book. Sure. I mean, it talks all about perspective and um, kind of changing your mindset, right? Yes. And so, you know, and the other thing I was kind of gathering as you're saying all of that was God, it sounds like God was kind of like pushing you pretty hard. Like he knew what you were capable of. Yeah. And so he pushed you into those scenarios versus like, you, it doesn't sound like you had a lot of waiting in. It was kind of like dropping you in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what God does sometimes. Um, definitely. definitely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, a new book recently came out called frames and it's, it's all about uh, perspective and God gave me this idea for this book. Actually, it was over five years ago before the pandemic. And little did I know what was coming. And mm. I had the framework written out for the book, you know, some of the outline and stuff. And I was about to start working on it. And then uh, instead, God said, okay, put that on pause. And uh, instead, we did this big thing called Love Our City, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. But, um, he said, I want you to write a book about Love Our City first. And then we'll come mm. back to this other book. And initially, I thought it was going to be Lenses. Um, but I ended up changing the name. God, you know, kind of reframed it to Frames. And so, you know, little that I know, we're going to go through a pandemic, right? And we all needed to reframe some things and reshape them, some things and get back in sync and in rhythm with our creator. And so I started writing the book uh, in 2021 and I finished um, in early 2022. And then the book officially came out uh, April the 8th. We had a big book launch party, which I never did that before. This is actually my sixth book. Yeah. But I never did a book launch party before. And you know, I never really kind of thought about that. I've heard some people did that, but it usually sounded like boring and, you know, dry, you know, so I'm like, okay, so we're going to like put our own like hip hop's, you know, flavor. Of course. Into, like, the book launch. So we did a concert. I'm like, we're going to do a concert. We're going to have a DJ, we're going to have music. So I invited some of my friends uh, to be a part of it. So Dayton uh, did some music, Monster Tarver, a couple guys from my church, um, EI and Longboy. And so we had a, a segment of music. We did a VIP like interview before that, which was really cool as well. So people that got their VIP tickets, we did a panel. There was about a hundred people that got VIP tickets that came to that part with all the artists. And I actually, I interviewed them. And so two of the other artists are, uh, well, one of the big other artists was KB and uh, his partner, Amin, who he's an artist too, but uh, he's not regularly doing music though. He's very artistic and, and great brother. But uh, then we transitioned into doing a live recording of KB and Amin's podcast, The Southside Rabbi. And so they had never done it live before. And so that was really cool being that uh, KB actually wrote the forward for the book. Oh, and awesome. so I asked him, you know, after he got the forward to me, I said, dude, I, I want to do this book launch event this spring. And he was on the Winter Jam tour. So he did like 42 dates, you know, so he was like killing it for three months. He's like, He's like, hey, Pastor T, I'm home the whole month of April. I'm not going nowhere. And I'm like, you think you could come over? Like, you don't have to rap. You just do the podcast. He's like, oh, yeah, for you, of course. That's cool. And, and the podcast ain't like work for me. Right. So he loves doing the podcast. Like he I said, get it. Yeah. So uh, good. That's the thing in his life. He feels like it's not work. He just gets to sit down with his best friend, Amin, and talk about stuff. Like, I love it. Conversation now. Yeah, yeah. So we did the book launch. It was amazing. Several hundred people came. And, um, and so some, so that was unique. And then the way that we packaged the book was really unique. So I know most of you guys are watching this 
uh, those of you that are watching the, the, the visual version of this, I got, I got one right here. Oh, yeah. So we actually package the book in a box and you multiple times said you're out the box. I am, I'm out the box. I'm so out the box. I put the book in a box, <laughs> right? And so we put it in a custom box and there's a master class that, that uh, is included with it. It's got my logo on there, translation leadership, my clothing line, eternal, my urban D logo. And so it's really cool. So it comes, every single book comes in the box. And so it's called frames. So we had to put a pair of frames in there for you. Of course. So these are actually custom eternal frames. That's awesome. And so you get a pair of sunglasses in there. Um, you get a, the book. This is the frames book. Um, and then at the end of each chapter, there's eight chapters. There's a, a master class with eight sessions that you watch at the end of the chapter. And the master class is $99, but you get a code when you get the book and you type that code in and you get the master class. You can watch it for free. It's included as part of the package. Uh, then there's some other goodies inside of there. I'm not going to tell all the secrets. There's a, there's a vintage CD that's inside of there. There's some stickers and some, some other cool stuff as well. That's but, awesome. um, but yeah, it's the packaging of it is something unique. I've never seen it done before like that for mass consumption. Like everybody gets a box unless you buy it on Amazon. You don't get the box then. You just get the book. So <laughs> buy it from our website, which is this. It's um, translationleadership.com, but it's translation with a Z because uh -huh. you know how we do. We hip hop. So um, yeah, then you get the whole box kit and the package. And so super excited about it. It's really helped a lot of people with their perspective. So mm. let me give you one other uh, kind of insight on the book. So chapter one, every chapter is like a certain kind of frame versus another kind of frames. So chapter one is pessimistic frames versus optimistic frames, because we're, we're, we're all hit with bad news every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, you turn the news on, it's bad, especially the last two years. I mean, even right now as we're, you know, filming this right now, there's been a bunch of really bad stuff that's happened in the last week with mass shootings um, in supermarkets and churches and, you know, in schools. And it's like, man, it's, it's just crazy right now. Inflation's happening. You know, the war is happening. COVID mm -hmm. is starting to go back up again. And it's like, what's next? You know, yeah. so we hear all these reports and man, we can get pessimistic really easily. But in the past two years during this pandemic, uh, most people have been pessimistic, but there's a small group of people that have really thrived and they're killing it. And, and, and it's been a crisis, absolutely. But even in the crisis, if you have the right frames on, you can see opportunity and you can see like, God, how can you use me yes. in this season? How, how can there be ministry opportunities? How can I level up? How can my business maybe reinvent itself? And, and, and we can just kill it right now and meet the need or, or meet this, the, the moment, right? And so there's been many people that have, that have done that. And so that's really, a, a lot of the book kind of focuses on that kind of vibe and gives a story of Joshua and Caleb. Um, and when they uh, were sent with the 12 scouts, Moses sent them to go into the promised land and they came back with the reports 40 days later. And 10 of them, they all, they all saw the same stuff. Mm -hmm. They're all on the same team, but they're very different frames. And 10 of them came back with pessimistic frames with a pessimistic report and said, oh, man, the people there are big. The cities are big. There's no way we could ever, you know, take them on. They're going to devour us. It's, it's hopeless. We should go back to Egypt. What? Go back to slavery? Right. right. But two of them, Joshua and Caleb, were like, like, nah, man, like, we got this. Like, we, we got this. Like, like God, God is with us. God's done all these miracles. God, you know, so. The, but that everybody went with the with the 10, right? With the pessimistic frames. And so it caused a whole generation to miss their passport to the promised land, mm. to miss their passport to their purpose because they listened to the wrong voices, the, the wrong reports. So my challenge to you guys that are listening to this today, what reports are you listening to? Because if you don't have the right frames on, man, you can miss out on incredible opportunities and relationships and ministry, you know, moments that God can have for your life if you're looking at people and looking at circumstances through the wrong frames. So yeah, so the Frames book has been encouraging a lot of people. It's it's been uh, the best selling book I've had in a short period of time. It's just it's been resonating with a lot of people. And I uh, got a got a big announcement. Um, this okay. just happened today. 
And so uh, you guys are some of the first to hear it. I'll show you on my phone right here, but I'm super excited about this because um, today officially, this just dropped on the Uversion app. Oh, nice. Yeah, so wow. Frames reading plan on the Uversion Bible app. It's the biggest Bible app in the world. If you yes. don't have, if you haven't downloaded it, I, I don't know which rock you I was gonna on. say I have it on my phone right now. Yes, everybody does. Um they <laughs> recently crossed over 500 million downloads. And so to be able to be on that platform, it's been something on been on my bucket list for a long time. But you know, I wasn't even trying to do it. A friend of mine hit me up when he saw the book and he's like, Man, would you like to do a a a, a reading plan, a devotional plan on you version? I'm like, uh yeah, well, sure. <laughs> absolutely how do you do that right. you know, i don't know how to i don't know because i heard you know you can't even submit stuff and he's like i know a guy wow it's always good to know a guy that knows a guy absolutely and, uh, within just a matter of weeks um it got accepted and um it just officially went live so uh yeah congratulations so go, go read it it's free I love it. That's so Thank cool. You. And then I'm assuming like you get the book, you get even more context of what you're yeah. finding on you version. Definitely. Yeah. It's just a small nugget. You're only allowed to do 400 words per day because people have ADD, <laughs> you know, people. so it's short, but it gives you a little nugget of, of, you know, what the book is. And they put a link in there as well to, uh, to get the book. So nice. Yeah. Well, what so was the pandemic the catalyst for you writing the book, or did the idea of the book come before the pandemic? Yeah, it came before. Like I okay. said, five years ago, I got the okay. idea to write the book, but then God put it on pause and told me to write Love Our City, and I will come back to this, you know. And in the right timing, then uh, God kind of renamed it from I was going to call it Lenses. Yeah, different lenses you look at. But the way it's spelled and saying it, like frames, you can do so many other more creative things with it. Yeah, that's so, cool. Uh, I flipped it, flipped it to frames. I like it. Yeah. Was there a, was there, do you remember when God gave you the, the, the idea for this book? Was there something that was happening yeah. in your life or? Yes. Good question. I was, uh, it was November, 2016, and I was on my very first sabbatical that I ever did in my life. Um, wow. you know what a sabbatical is it's like an extended break and I've been in, in full-time urban ministry for over 20 years and never took off more than maybe like a week week and a half I don't wow. even think I missed two Sundays in a row before yeah. and um, our church was finally at a place where we had enough uh, key leadership and staff that I could leave for an extended period of time and everything would be fine I could leave for a Sunday I regularly did that but to leave for like a month or something, mm -hmm. you know, so they, they started pushing me like, Hey, have you ever taken a sabbatical? I'm like, you know, some of the newer staff, you know, and I'm like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I refresh quickly. Just let me <laughs> in for a day or two. I'm good. You know, and I've just learned, I have a really strong work ethic and they're like, nah, you need to take off some extended time. I'm like, all right, cool. Give me two weeks. And they're like, that's not a sabbatical. You need to take at least a month. Yeah. Well, at first I'm tripping. I'm like a month. You're like, you guys are trying to get rid of me. <laughs> I'm like, well, what would I do? I would go crazy. I would get bored after like two weeks. No way. I, I refresh really quick. I, I got to be doing something. They're like, no, you need to take a month off and just like get with the Lord and just, you know, get refreshed. And I'm like, I was like, maybe I'll do three weeks. And then they kept like, how about four weeks? Why don't you just do a month? <laughs> okay. I'll do four weeks. How about five weeks? You know, so it was actually, I did five weeks and, uh, they, they tried to keep going. I'm like, man, you're trying to get rid of me. Yeah. So, but it was great. It, I really needed it. Yeah. Even at the time I felt like I, I was okay. Um, but I, I went to, I decided for a week, I was going to go back up North to where I was from. I went back to, uh, my, my old neighborhood and spent some time with some friends and, and their families I hadn't seen in years had some dinners at my friends' houses and their, their moms cooked for me. Like it was like, you know, 25 years ago when I was a kid. And um, it was just, I, I just felt like I needed to go back to my roots. And part of that was I went to a, a cabin then after I left the city, I went to a cabin up in the Pocono mountains for like four days. My best friend went with me for the first uh, two days. And then for two days, I was just totally by myself. And there was no Wi-Fi. There was no Wi-Fi. There was no, there was no cell service. I had to drive down to this town 
to the diner to be able to get cell service. Like it was a couple miles away. I was up on this mountain and it was beautiful. I just went hiking. I was reading, I was journaling, I was praying. And in the middle of that, that's when God was, was giving me downloading the framework for frames. And I just came up with the different kind of ideas about perspective and the story of, you know, the 12 spies, uh, the 12 scouts going in the promised land. That was kind of the basis of it. And I was kind of building the concepts off of it. And then I was in my journal and it just, you know, I, was, I opened that back up and I was going to start working on it in 2017. And that's when God said, no, I want you to work on Love Our City. So you're going to come back to this in the right timing. And so, yeah, it's all about timing. That's what I encourage mm-hmm. you guys that are listening to this today and watching this. Um, sometimes God will give you an idea and it's an idea for you to marinate on and, and God to put you through some more things and the world to go through some more things, maybe before that is actually birthed. And uh, really for every book that I've written, there's kind of a lot of that story behind it. Like even with the book I came out in 2015, it was called Rebuild. And it was about how our church rebuilt this Toys R Us store. It's based on the book of Nehemiah. Well, I got the idea to do that book like shortly after we moved in here, the end of 2010, beginning of 2011. And uh, I started on it. I even wrote a chapter. And then God was like, nope, you got a lot of rebuilding to still do before this story is told. Hmm. And so like it for two years, it was just that one chapter. And then God gave me the green light again. Okay, you can start working on it again now. There's a lot more of the story to tell as you've been in this building. You've been rebuilding the community now for three years. Now, now you, can, you, you can write the story. Hmm. So, so be patient. Yeah, I was going to say, you sound like you're good at waiting. Not That's not a gift that a lot of people uh, have. Uh, maybe I sound like it, but as I look back in retrospect, oh, yes. But but no, I, I, I would say that the Lord is always working on me with that. I'm a visionary. I'm a futurist. I'm a, you know, I'm a driver. And I like to see stuff done quick. Like, pray for me right now. You're speaking uh, to the, yeah. preaching to the choir right now, too. I'm yeah, the same yeah. way. We have this vision to build this coffee shop in our lobby. And we've had this vision for like four or five years now. And I've cast vision to the church for the first time four years ago. And we raised, started raising money for it. And we do have the majority of the money raised for it now. But it's been stuck in permitting for uh, a year now. And so pray for us that we're, we're very close to the engineers finishing some of the drawings so we can resubmit it. And uh, our, our prayer is that we can start construction this summer so it can be done before Flavor Fest in October. Cool. The All My Favorite People podcast is proudly sponsored by Peace Love T-shirts. Go to peacelovet-shirt.com to see the entire All My Favorite People collection of shirts, hats, and bags. While you're there, check out the other collections from our collaborators like Healing and Hope, The Controversy, and Ink Happy. Go to peacelovetshirt.com and use code FAVORITE for $5 off your first order. Oh my gosh, you keep dropping all these bombs. We have to go back to Love uh, Our okay, City. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> because in the waiting, you said he gave you Love Our City. And that's really the story then that, that is told in Rebuild. So yeah. let's jump to Love Our City because it's not just a phrase. It's not just a t-shirt. Like you guys have a whole movement behind yeah. that. So can you kind of tell us kind of how that was birthed and what that's all about. Yeah. Yeah. So love our city. Uh, Our church has been very outreach oriented. I mean, evangelism is like one of my strengths. It's in my blood. I love to, you know, lead people to Jesus. I love to do unique kind of events and creative things to, you know, meet needs and draw people in and, and share the gospel. And so our church was, has been really good at that since we moved to this location, especially we have a great location that can just People would do a back to school jam, give away backpacks. 2,000 people would show up. It, yeah. It's just incredible. So we give food away and lots of other stuff, toys at Christmas. And so we do all these outreach events. And, you know, I started to get frustrated because I was realizing only about 20% of our church, maybe 30 at the most, was showing up at these events to serve. And I'm like, man, the majority of our church is missing out on being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. Like, come mm-hmm. on. But then I realized as I really, because I'm a, I crunch numbers and data and think about all those different angles, I'm very entrepreneurial and business minded sometimes. And so I'm like, but wait a minute, you know, we do our outreaches on Saturdays and on Saturdays, 
probably about 30, 40% of our people work now. A lot of people have to work on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. It's not a day off for a lot of people anymore in our culture, right? Right. That's number one. Number two is we got a lot of people that their kids are in sporting events now. That's such a big deal now. And that's their day, their games. Or, or number three, a lot of people are traveling. Well, they were pre-pandemic. They're back to it now, pretty mm-hmm. much, if you're in Florida. So, you know, millennials love to travel. They like to put pictures on the gram. So people are gone like one week in a month, it seems like, right? Yeah. You know, they, they spend a lot of money on travel. Um, maybe not as much this summer with gas. Uh, but, uh, and then on the other hand, for some people, it's their only day off. And they just ain't going to do nothing on their day off. They're not going to come serve at anything. They're just going to be at home, sleeping in, chilling. So if you do all those numbers, like, yeah, you probably only end up with 20 or 30% that can actually come anyways. And so I had that epiphany moment as I was thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? We live in this culture where there's so many options. Our schedules are so busy and we don't give people enough options for outreach. And so what if we did an entire week of serving and we called it Love Our City and we gave people all kinds of options of their time so it could fit into their schedules, but not only just the options of their time so they could pick their time, but so they could pick their passion as Mm. well. Because not everybody's passionate about giving out backpacks to kids. It's a great cause, but some people that's just not their not their lane. Totally. So I came to staff meeting and I said, guys, I said, I got another idea. People are like, oh, I was going to say, them. Right? do they, are they sick of that? Visionary again. What are we doing now, Pastor T? So I, I'm like, man, we're going to do this serving week. And I've seen some other churches that have done similar stuff. So I gave the whole pitch that I just shared. And I said, man, I envision that we're going to have 500 people serve at 50 community service projects in one week. And so everybody was like, 500 people? We've never had 500 people do something. Maybe like two or 300, but 500, I don't think we can get that many people. You know, this is kind of the, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, in 50 projects, what would we do? How are we going to come up with 50 things to do? Uh-huh. And I said, okay. I broke out the whiteboard. And I said, who lives within a three to five mile radius of the church? Let's write all the demographics down on the board. So we started to write it down. We said, there's college students, because we had a big university up the street. There's business people, there's police officers, there's teachers, there's firefighters, there's people in poverty, there's young families, there's homeless people, there's immigrants, there's seniors, there's, you know, we started putting all these different demographics up and we said, okay, how can we create projects that are going to touch each one of those demographics? Because we want to love all of our city. Because think about it, when churches normally do outreach, it boils down to this. Let's be honest, let's be real today boils down to let's give away free stuff Mm. to poor people Mm. and we need to do more of that because most churches don't do any of that Mm -hmm. we were doing lots of that but we were like okay but how do we reach people that are middle class and how do we reach people that are affluent because some of them are going to help us have the resources to reach the people that don't have stuff too right And, and how do we reach people that maybe they are lower income but they don't have kids they don't need a backpack they don't need toys at christmas so they're not going to come to that event how do we still reach them and and meet their needs and touch them wherever they're at. So we began to just dream and connect projects with each one of those people groups, those demographics in our community came, came down to like three main projects that we did fits in three categories. I'm giving the whole webinar. I love this. This is good. One is service projects. So, and that's like sweat equity. So we're going to paint houses, clean yards, clean schools, cut grass, pick up trash in parks. Most of those projects are free or the supplies a lot of times will get donated. Um, second kind of project is pay it forward projects. And that reaches all kinds of demographics. So for instance, uh, we would show up at the laundromat down the street and we would show up with $500 worth of quarters. I love that. We're paying for everybody's laundry right now. And we have fabric softener and detergent, put yours away, we got you. Hey, call some friends. And so, oh, for it's free. I don't got to sign up for a phone or health insurance or, okay, hold on. Yo, girl, you need to come down to laundromat right now. Bring it, bring the comforters, bring everything. (laughs) And so within, you know, 30, 45 minutes, the laundromat is packed, is popping. And organic ministry begins to happen because people are waiting for their clothes to get finished. And so, you know, we're having conversations with people. We're talking to them. We're praying with them. We're playing with their kids. And everybody has a Love Our City t-shirt on. So we're all look uniform. And, you know, people are asking questions. Why are y'all doing this? Where are y'all, y'all from a church? They ask that. Well, as a matter of fact, we are. We're from Crossover. I've been looking for a church. 
you know, oh, I'm going through a lot of stuff right now. I just moved here. And, you know, so great organic ministry and conversation happens and comes up. Now watch this. So about 300 feet away from that laundromat a couple of years ago, we got a Starbucks put in because the neighborhood's gentrifying just a little bit. It's mostly commuters that go to that Starbucks, not that many people from the neighborhood, except the homeless people and they try to keep them out. And so uh, we go to Starbucks and we're giving away gift cards to everybody paying for their coffee, you know, and gift bags. And so this lady walks up and they give her a gift bag and a card uh, for her coffee and she just breaks down crying. And so everyone's like, are you okay? And she's just like, I was just in my car. I was having a panic attack. I've been depressed. I've been calling out to God. Like, I just need a sign. Does he still see me? Does he still care about me? Does he love me? And I, I walk out and here you guys are. <laughs> this is just like, this is exactly what I was praying for. So just want to say to people that are watching this, like God can use you when you serve in your community. You can be the answer to somebody's prayer. Yeah. And so the pay it forward projects that we do reach all kinds of demographics from the lady getting out of her Mercedes at Starbucks buying $8 coffee <laughs> to the people that are pushing a shopping cart with their laundry from the, the section eight apartment up the street, you know? Uh, and then we do knock, knock groceries. We call it, we just knock on the doors. We do about 2000 homes and apartments. We're surprised, bring them groceries. What? Like, I didn't order groceries. We're like, no, nah, no, nah, these are free. It's love our city. You we, do. You know, we bring a couple hundred pizzas, the houses, like you got pizza, but I didn't order pizza. We know it's love our city week. It's free. We just want to bless you. Oh, for real. Oh, this is amazing. Mm. And so, and then the, the third kind of project. So service projects, pay for projects. The third kind is we do appreciation lunches. So we feed every teacher, every police officer, every firefighter, and several of the healthcare clinic workers in our community. We do almost a thousand catered lunches with different restaurants in the community that we then bless them and support them um, to get these lunches. And some of them, they give us a deal on it, but it's still a blessing to them. And so we're reaching all these different demographics, all these people. And the only thing that we do uh, with those people is we give them a flyer, we give them a card, an invite to the Love Our City party. And guess where that party is? It's at church that Sunday. I love it. So that Sunday, we always have like hundreds of visitors that will come. And some of them come even weeks and months after Love Our City Week because they still remember and it just, they get in a tough spot and they're like, oh, I need to go to that church, that, mm. you know, pay for my laundry or gave me that card or whatever. And uh, it's, it's been an amazing response. So we've had, you know, generally every, every year after Love Our City Week, we'll see almost a hundred or more salvations. And then we do mm. baptisms the week after that. And it's just had such a huge, huge impact. So, so much so that... Hold on a second. Let me grab this. Okay. We created a box kit. So this was the first box before I did frames in a box, but this is a bigger box. And we created this box kit, a leader's kit for other churches. Cause all these churches started to ask us and say, Hey, like, how do you do love our city? Teach us how to do it. And so I wrote the book, which is a 30 day devotional book that your church can go through. Our church went through it. And there's a small group video curriculum on YouTube that goes along with it. And it's on Right Now Media. A lot of churches have access to Right Now Media. It's a, a like a small group video curriculum website. Um, and then there's a leader's kit in here. There's a thumb drive that has uh, the, all the videos. It has the artwork. Um, it has a sermon series on it that your church could use. It has um, a fundraising guide. Like, cause we share, how did we raise the money to do all this? We give you all these different ideas. Um, my love our city CD is in there and there's a couple other goodies and stuff in there. So at first we were selling this box kit for like $75 and sold a couple hundred of them. And a lot of churches were starting to do love our city. And then since then, during the pandemic, we actually made the box kit free. If you just purchase 10 or more books. So like we say, hey, if you get like, just do this with your small group or with your church staff and try it. And then there's many churches that have done it church wide. And then they would order more books and they would do the whole thing. And so every week, yeah, I'm, I'm shipping a couple more of these out. People are getting these um, on the website for it's the, the website for this is uh, loveourcitybook.com. If you want to learn about that and check it out. And uh, yeah, so this has become a movement. There's over 300 churches that have gotten a box kit 
and done love our city in some way, shape or form. And so we're super excited about that. And we're continuing to help more churches do it. And we're doing it. So the movement is, is continuing to grow. So it's, it's great. It is great. And like, I just am thinking as a visionary also, like, what does this feel like to know that your idea is in 300 places across the country? And like, yeah, you know, I know that part of being a servant leader is humility and that's a good thing, but there has to be this kind of like, wow factor for you if yeah. you stop and think about it. Yeah. And, um, there's definitely been those moments. I think now can be one of those moments when I get reminded of it. Cause I'm always working on a lot of things and pastoring the church and it's like, yeah, it's awesome. And, but yeah, I love to, I love to travel and go to other churches and, and speak at conferences to help other leaders. And to us, like we've been doing this now for several years, but to other people that have never, you know, heard of it or thought of anything like this. So like, Oh my gosh, this is like so creative. This is going to help us so much. And so that's really, and then when we see them actually implement it, and we start to get back the, the feedback and the stories mm. and the praise reports. That's the thing that's really exciting. That gives you the fuel to be like, you know, man, this is this was a lot of work. This was it's not like, yeah, we we are selling this. We're not making a lot of money off of it. You know, um, it's not about that. It's it's about the impact that's happening. Yeah. And so sometimes you can get tired. <laughs> I'm a content creator, and I'm always creating content. And sometimes you get tired. You're like. Man, this is a lot of work. But then when you hear those stories back of how Love Our City is touching people, of how Frames is, you know, helping reframe people and they're, you know, naming parts of the book. And this this part really helped me. I'm like, oh, yeah, that part's in there. Yeah, that was, yeah, I guess that was pretty good. You know, th thank you, God, for you know, giving that to me. Yeah. And um, so when you create content, you know, it gets out and you get it out there to people and you find ways to, you know, put it out there so it's accessible. Um, it can, it can do so much that a lot of times you're not even going to hear the stories like you doing this podcast, you're going to have all, all these people are going to watch it. You're going to get some feedback and you can wonder sometimes is how many people are really watching or listening, or is it really, but you're going to have a bunch of people that are going to come up to you in heaven and they're going to be like, uh, Miss Jones, that podcast that you did, like that helped me, that saved my life, mm. you know, and you're going to hear stories like that. And, and when you minister to people uh, and use technology and different things like that, you're touching so many people that you may never meet in person, but you'll meet them someday in eternity, I believe, and uh, be able to hear those stories. We'll be telling stories to each other in, in heaven someday. Heck yeah. yeah plenty of time. That's right. To celebrate I love it. how God used people here while they were on the earth. Yeah, I love that. Well, if people are in the Tampa area or if you are back in travel mode, um, flavor fest is also coming up. So you yes. like, you are multi-passionate. Yes. You have like 10 things or you're always doing 10 things. This is me yeah. as well. So it's I get it. God wired me. I'd be bored if I was only doing one thing. Can't yeah. One okay. Thing. <laughs> so really quick on that note, how, how is this just like, uh, learned discernment over the years of like, what's, what is the next thing? Cause that's like what I'm always working through. I'm going to take yeah take a moment, ask a personal question, but sure. that's what I'm always working through is like, yeah. for example, I've got something just a week or two ago that I'm like, Oh, really that? Okay. And I'm like you in the sense that I want it to start like next week. Right. Yeah. So how, what's that process like for you in the, in the discerning of like, what's next? Yeah, that, that can be tough because I can get a, a new great idea every week. I mean, every day but at least one that we can implement every week yeah. and we can't do all of it, you know? And so I, over the years, like I'm an optimist big time, but I'm also a realist. And so the longer I've been in this, you know, and people pitch stuff to me all the time, you know, like different ideas, we could do this or you could do this, or I'm starting this company to do this. And, you know, and I want to be optimistic and, and give them feedback, but at the same time, a lot of times that realist side's coming out. Did you think about this, this, and this? And maybe your projections are a little high yeah. or a lot high, yeah, you yeah. know, because I've over projected things before. This is going to be amazing. We're going to, you know, and then it happens and it's good, but it might not be at the level that we hoped and dreamed or the level that we even told everybody it was going to be at. So you have to be careful with that too. Mm. You don't want to go out there just 
telling everybody everything. Yeah. You know, because maybe the first time you do it isn't going to be up there. It's going to be here and it's going to build to that. And maybe in five years from now, it's going to be there even beyond what you thought. But if you go and tell everybody everything all the time, you have to be careful with, with that. But uh, that was a word for me, just so you know, because (laughs) that's exactly where I'm like, my standards are up here. It needs to have excellence all the time. Like, you know, but there is something to be said for just taking that next step and what God's asking you to do. And then just letting him kind of keep that ball rolling. Yeah. And you got to be willing that sometimes things can, you want to always shoot for excellence, but sometimes you can't like, like not start something if you can't be at that level yet. Yeah. You know, uh, not that you do something with bad quality, but if you can do it pretty good, you know, decent and you can build on that. Yeah. You know, versus waiting till everything perfectly lines up, you know, then sometimes you may never get it started or yeah. you may miss your window yeah. of opportunity. I know a lot yeah. of artists and a lot of people that have missed their window on things because they just aged out of certain seasons of their life, you know. And, uh, but I would just say, you got to stay balanced. You got to stay healthy. Uh, most of all, because I was just at lunch with somebody today and he was telling me like, he just never sleeps. He's just up all night, like working on like metaverse crypto stuff. He's just studying it all the time. And he's just like, you know, and I'm just like, okay, that that's good that you're interested in that, but you gotta have balance though. You gotta get your rest. Uh, if you're married and you have children, you know, you, you got to spend time with your, with your spouse, with your, with your family. And that, and that's in different seasons. My kids are getting older now. They're teenagers. They don't always want to hang out as much anymore, but when they're younger, you know, you definitely, they, they need a lot more time. Sure. And they still need time now more than what they think. Yes. But, um, so with me, like I, I'm regularly having conversations with my wife and my wife will let me know if I'm uh, getting out of balance. She'll, uh, she'll put me in timeout. Spouses are so good about that, aren't they? Yeah. And you know, I got some people on my team and in my corner that I'm accountable to as well. That, you know, when they see me doing too much, uh, or if I'm trying to put too much on the schedule, you know, they'll they'll make it they'll make it vocal. Mm -hmm. You know. And so yes, I've learned over the years to to try to find what a healthy rhythm is and take breaks and take rests. You know, I am about to take off, you know. Uh, not a full sabbatical, but I'm going to take off like three weeks um, coming up in the month of June um, just to rest and be with my family and travel a little bit and and just step away from everything and take some time off. And as I get older, you know, the more I value those things and find that they're important and you can't always run at 150 miles an hour. You have to, you know, have those ebbs and flows Yeah, work out really hard, uh, but then you get sore and you got to take a break. Yeah. And let things heal so you can get stronger and come back again and hit it. Good. And, um, and yeah, just take care of your temple. Speaking of yeah. gym, yeah. you need to be exercising, drinking lots of water, take your vitamins. That's right. And that's going to help you even now with all these different viruses and things going around. Seriously. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Flavor Fest is not, did not start how it is now, right? I'm assuming no. you have humble beginnings yeah. when it comes yes, to that was. as well. Do you want to tell us about Flavor Fest before we go? Sure. Yeah. Flavor Fest started year 2000. Like you said, it was humble. We had 70 leaders come to the first Flavor Fest, which was a win for us back then. We're like, cool. We didn't know who was going to show up, but we had all these people that were hitting me up after that record right there in 1999. The Missing Element came out. Uh, I was in stores everywhere. Some of y'all, we used to have to go to the store yeah. to buy music back in the day. Yeah. And inside of the CD jacket, there was a picture of our youth group, uh, my youth group. There was hundreds of kids behind me in a little paragraph that talked about how we were using sports and hip hop concerts and uh, MC classes, breakdancing classes, drama classes. We were doing all these activities with the arts and with music and sports to reach unchurched kids in the city. And uh, suddenly we started getting all these emails and phone calls and people visiting us because we're in Florida. People go to like, you know, the beach or go to Disney and be like, oh, we're going to go to Urban D's church too. You know, I got a CD. We want to go there and experience, you know, what it's like. And so we just suddenly had all these people come. We were the experts suddenly, you know. And so all those phone calls and visits and all that were like, it doesn't fully like teach people or train people. We need to do a weekend where we can invite people to come down here and let's do workshops 
and let's immerse them in our community. Let, let's let them see a service. Let's go do an outreach. Let's do a hip hop concert with excellence. Because I was an artist traveling, getting flown into all these places. They spent thousands of dollars to bring me in and fly in some of my guys, put us in hotels, feed us, give us an honorarium. And then they'd take us to the place we're having the concert. It'd be like a boom box with a mic set up. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> right. So even just to train people, like you got to have good sound. You could turn the lights off in the room and I have a good MC to keep the night going like a host, yeah, you yeah. know, and a DJ. And so like we did all that stuff. And for people to come in, we were like really the first in, in, in the country to start doing hip hop events quarterly that were done at that level, bringing in a national artist, having locals open up and uh, having hundreds and hundreds of people come. So we did that at, we called it Flavor Fest and we did those concerts on Friday and Saturday night, like we had been doing for a couple of years, drawing in hundreds of people. And uh, so we did have 70 leaders come, but we had about 300 people come to the concert and people were just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And so then it just has grown from there. And uh, fast forward to today, we've trained about 5,000 leaders that have come to Flavor Fest over the past uh, two decades. And uh, it's going to be October the 6th through the 9th this year in Tampa, Florida at Crossover Church. The website is flavorfest.org, flavorfest.org. You can get some more details. We already have like close to 100 people registered. We're expecting four or 500 leaders to be there this year. Well over 1,000 people will be at the concerts at night. Uh, we bring in some of the top names in Christian hip hop. We have a spoken word stage, a breakdancing competition. Um, there's going to be a 16 bar challenge, a beatboxing competition, a beat battle, a graffiti battle, uh, a DJ battle. We try to include all these different elements. There's going to be a fashion show, a lot of cool stuff. Uh, and then some of the workshop tracks, the meat of it is the conference. We're going to have a track for church planting, um, youth ministry. Um, there's going to be one for artists. There's going to be one for entrepreneurs. We're going to have a track this year for NFTs and crypto and metaverse as well. It's a big thing we need to talk about hmm. uh, as the as the urban church, as the church period. Hmm. Um, and we do a track for uh, pastors, kids and for ministry kids. So people that are coming um, to the conference, they can bring their teenagers or their you know young adults to go to that. Um, and then what else? I think I'm forgetting like one other track. Oh, we have a track. Uh, a lot of times we call it crossover sauce. So uh, we tell you some of our sauce, some of the unique things we do as a church that's helping us continue to thrive and grow um, even in this season. So, so yeah, you need to come. Okay. Later, 2022, October 6th through the 9th. The theme this year is called revive. Mm. We need to revive some things as we're coming out of the pandemic. The church needs to be revived. And yeah. so uh, we're excited. So come down to Florida and see us. Yes, come down to the free state of Florida, y'all. <laughs> Everybody's moving here. It's That's getting right. crazy. It is moving here. It's growing yeah. like crazy. Yeah, well, that gives uh, you more people to reach and talk to. Yeah. And um, I just, I, you guys see why I wanted Tommy to come on. He's got, like we, he said, and I said a bunch of projects, but it's so cool because um, at the center of it all, like I'm, I'm like you, I, it's always hard for me to pick one thing. And when you're an entrepreneurial spirit, you like a lot of different things. Yeah. You hear the guru say like, pick your one thing. Well, God showed me last week that he is my one thing. And as long as Ooh, he on. is the one thing, it doesn't matter all the other things that go around it. Cause like, like you being the boy from the city that yeah. could only be the one to help um, the girls to go into Philly. I mean, it's so just cool how God uses our unique abilities and story and just life experience to put us in just the right places at the right time. And I, um, I couldn't agree more that the church needs a revival uh, now more than ever, truly. And so um, I'm thankful that your church is not just talking it, but walking it. I think that, again, that's a big thing that the church needs, the big C church, you know, really yeah. needs to um, fully embrace and get on board with. And so if you guys are listening and your church is not doing outreach and you need a program that's like turnkey, easy peasy, like that is the perfect thing to use. Um, if you are interested in any of the topics that Tommy just talked about in regards to Flavor Fest, get down here. I uh, would love to see you. 
And Tommy, thank you so much for your time today. And go sure. at Thanks least check out, me. yeah, at least check out frames on the app, you guys, um, at the very least. And then, like he said, if you go to his website, you can get the cool box and all the goodies that go with that. So, yeah, awesome. Thank you again. And uh, I will see you in October. All right. I will see you at Flavor Fest. Much love, everybody. Come see us in Tampa, Florida. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for watching today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please make sure to like and subscribe to this channel and hit the little notification bell so you know every time I post something new. Of course, check out Peace Love t-shirts as well. That's where you can get all of your All My Favorite People merch. And I'd love it if you also left me a review. Thanks for tuning in and I hope to see you next time. I will make your name famous from now on so people will praise you forever and ever. Psalm 45, 17. If you liked today's episode and want more info, check out lifejesusstyle.com and hashtag lifejesusstyle on social media.